Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com here on YouTube.com slash SRS Wrestling and podcast platforms everywhere. Uh, we are still working to get our original YouTube channel back. Uh, it'll probably be before the big, or it'll probably be 2020 before that happens. So, uh, just subscribe to this channel in the meantime. Also, do me a solid, Mr. Warren Hayes, who does the SmackDown show with me. Also, uh, we're trying to get him to 1,000 subscribers before 2020. Do yourself a favor. There's a lot of good content over there. Make sure you check it out. But I am joined by Denise Salcedo, who has a channel of her own blossoming and growing and doing great stuff. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for mentioning the channel. It's getting a new look come 2020. Some exciting nice. things coming. Nice. I like it. Uh, hopefully, we get our original platform back, but I'm happy to say that most of our viewers have have followed us over here, and uh, a lot of them have followed us over to FightfulSelect.com. Thank you guys so much. Me and Denise have a show that's going up on Christmas Day. We filmed it last week, Denise. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? I am so excited to like go back and watch it, to be honest, so I'm looking forward to it. And it was funny because when you shared the tweet today, I was like, oh, yeah, like what day is that going up again? I was like, <laughs> oh, goody, it's coming soon. Yeah, we're going to put it up on Select on Christmas Day. It'll uh, actually be a replacement show on New Year's Day for List and Your Boy. Uh, and me and Denise barely scratched the surface. Like towards the end of the hour, we were like starting to talk about TNA themes and stuff. And I was like, "Man, we we we're gonna save that because we got a whole show there. So this will not be the last one that that Denise and I do. It was a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out. Actually, uh, we have a retro review coming up at the first week of uh, January as well with Zachary Schimmel, who is a champion level subscriber. We did NXT Arrival. Uh, he wanted to use the plug to to put over. The fact that we've got 400 subscribers on the service. Uh, thank you all so much. It, it means a lot to hit that goal. Last year, around this time, we were barely at like 80 or 90 or something. So it's really exploded over the past year. I want to thank you guys so much. Make sure you leave a thumbs up and subscribe. But we got Raw to talk about, Denise. 
Yeah, Raw Raw was interesting today. I think there was some high points and there were some points where I was like, oh, this is going to take a while. And um, but for the most part, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more than last week, like at least some portions of it. I did, too. This this I mean, we say this all the time. I feel like this would have been a really good two hour show. Uh, There was a good one hour show this time i'm bringing it down for this one it wasn't like omg that's true i mean there's a lot of this stuff that didn't need to be on the show like we didn't need the rowan thing we all due respect to chelsea green and charlotte i don't know where that will go or what that really means but uh let's go ahead and talk about it because i thought this was a pretty harmless raw i'll tell you one thing i did like mojo raleigh can cut a promo that guy can just talk he's really good and just talking. He, he's a guy that I covered on that NXT arrival uh, retro review. And it's weird to see him then and see him now. And he seems so much more comfortable now being himself. But Kevin Owens, I, I always say this. It is amazing to me how good at trash talking he is in his second language. Not only that, in a language that he didn't learn, Denise, until I think he was a teenager. That's terrifying to me. To even think about that because, you know, your cognitive levels aren't quite where they were when you were a child and you you could learn to be bilingual. So that's very, very impressive. What did you think of the Kevin Owens-Mojo Raleigh interaction here? So, okay, so first of all, I have to say, like, Mojo Raleigh, like, we all know he he brings, like, this, you know, he has energy that not a lot of people have within themselves and he has that so one of the things that I noticed right off the bat with this was that you know Kevin Owens is you know he's supposed to be pissed after what AOP did to him Seth Rollins all of everything that went down and you know Mojo Raleigh is also pissed on his own accord but I kind of felt that that Mojo Raleigh brought more of that anger to the surface than Kevin Owens did. I felt that Mojo Raleigh kind of came off even stronger as somebody that's been pissed off, somebody that's been wronged than Kevin Owens himself. So to me, like, that's just a good call for Mojo Raleigh because I think prior have you said, like, oh, this was going to kind of get involved. This was Mojo Raleigh was going to be part of the segment. I don't think I would have been as crazy about it. But now that I've been seeing what Mojo Raleigh has been bringing to the table, like, it's making me like him and actually enjoy him you know a whole lot more and I think it's because like I almost feel like he's really ready to actually be highlighted on the main roster and actually have some sort of storyline because he kind of has just been like here and there but I can't really think of like something that has been major in his career so I feel like this is finally the moment for him he's almost doomed with certain gifts like he's got this insane athleticism he was he almost made an NFL uh, main roster he is such an awesome promo, but the thing is he's so big, WWE doesn't like to make big dudes like that managers. But if he, one, if they even utilize managers, I mean, we don't have a lot of managers being utilized right now. He would be awesome at it, but he would dwarf whoever he managed. I don't think it would be a bad idea to have him manage a woman in the future, uh, him cutting promos for them, because that could kind of kind of worked to to her advantage but right now he's still going in the ring and I thought he had a good match with Kevin Owens this no DQ match was really good Kevin Owens was very funny Raleigh wanted he was like I hope the first thing you do is explain why you hit me with a lead pipe and Owens was like I actually wasn't going to bring up that at all and then they had a match and it was it was good like uh Mojo did a nice fireman's carry slam or face like face first slam onto the chairs 
Owens got a great pop for getting the tables. That is such a cheap pop, Denise. The crowd just loves it anytime. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny too because I felt that, you know, it was a quick match for what it was. It was fast, but they managed to do a lot during that couple of minutes that they were there. So I liked this. And, you know, it actually ended up going opposite of what I expected because I did expect, you know, obviously I, you know, I expected Kevin Owens to win, but I expected him to dominate this entire match and he did it. So I actually thought that was a pleasant surprise to this opening match. I love the Owens offense, the Swanton stunner, pop-up powerbomb. I liked his pin. He, like pinned him with one knee, one hand. That was good stuff. I really enjoyed this match. I thought this added to the show. It helped the show. And then Owens afterwards, he said that he knew that AOP and Rollins were going to attack him, so they might as well just do it in front of the crowd. That way they at least got their money's worth. I just, I keep finding myself interested in everything Rollins and AOP do. It's so different and fresh for Rollins. Do you feel the same? No, I don't. I don't feel the same way. I'm so sorry. I was bored during that part. Like, I, I, there's, okay, I will say this though. There are some things that, you know, that I did like. Like, I love the ending to tonight's show. I love that. But I don't think I'm, you know, all that big of a fan of every single thing that they do. Like, I don't think I'm with you on the terms of, like, every time they come out, I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? No, I actually thought that this part was a little bit slow. Um, You know, the stare-off didn't feel as intense as I was hoping. And then, you know, the beat-down was just like, okay, you know. I was kind of hoping maybe there was something a little bit more to really get me, like, interested in that first portion of this. So I wouldn't necessarily, it's definitely fresh for Seth Rollins, but I'm still not completely sold on the whole thing. You are a WWE hater. You are an AEW. Missing some. You are Attitude, an AEW more, more, more serious hater. Whoa, whoa. I'm starting to hear uh, audio coming through and delaying. I was trying oh, no, to. Yeah. yeah, you're starting to cut out just a little Ooh. bit. Uh, I'll carry it for right now. Okay, Sorry. now you're back. Sorry. Anyway, you're where was where was I? You are a WWE hater. Who, me? You okay, are an sorry. AEW I shill. I'm going to be toxic to you like people on Twitter. <laughs> that's like the common thing for people to say, right? Yes. No, that's terrible. But I, I just thought that, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I love the ending of Raw, but I will tell you more about that later. Just A not e this. I didn't love AEW Mark. Denise Salcedo. Never once have I came on here and was like, AW something. <laughs> you're an Aralucha shill, DD. I know oh, your real no. name. I know your real name. <laughs> oh man. I don't, I, I, yeah. You called me out. Yeah. Pulling your covers. Touché. Go to Aralucha.com. Get in on that joke, guys. Have, have a story coming out on that, as you know, Denise, because somebody hit you up recently, somebody you ran into and said, and I'll do the impersonation of him, impersonation of him. Hey, somebody was poking around about Aralucha, about asking about my contract status. I'm so excited to read what you're working on because I feel that I'm going to get more information from you on this, <laughs> even though I was part of the company. So that's that's kind of sad, actually, well, really sad. I, I've got some of it up on Select right now. I talked to four people, and they each had different contract statuses, like different lengths, whether it was per appearance or set or 
or like some didn't even have deals. It was wild. And I, I did talk to Jason Brown, who runs runs Aralucha, runs the shell that that exists as Aralucha. Oh boy. Uh, so this this Rollins attack on Owens, the camera zooms and shakes. Oh my god, it's just so frustrating, vomit inducing. I hate it. Um, but Owens ends up getting stomped, and Owens sold his ass off. He was stumbling and falling all over the place. But as much as I like this Owens Raleigh thing and the AOP Rollins thing. That monologue that Samoa Joe cut afterwards, this is like the second straight week he's done this, Denise, and it's awesome. That was incredible, incredible, and I especially, okay, so I liked it when it happened, okay, I loved it when it happened, and afterwards, I liked how it all circled, you know, circled in with it, with what, with basically what he said. I, I kind of, you know, I will say this, though, I feel that I I really like Samoa Joe on commentary. Like, I love everything that he's bringing, right? And But I did feel like the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if it's a big deal because obviously it's not permanent, but I just kind of felt that, like, there was – Lawler was bringing one thing to the table, and then Samoa Joe was bringing another thing to, to the table. So it kind of clashed. I think this, you know – this episode of Raw and the last few episodes of Raw, that's one of the things I've been noticing. But it is pretty interesting to sort of see, like, different different dynamics when it comes to commentary. But in terms of what he did today, I kind of felt that he made the AOP. He, he – basically, you know, if you have the AOP cutting a promo and then you have what Samoa, Jid, Samoa Joe did, it essentially brought the same impact that a promo by the AOP would have done yeah. and maybe even a little bit more. I'm trying to say is that it – added a whole lot to their character dynamic for the AOP. If I were the AOP, I would go backstage and give Samoa Joe a high five for that. Like, hey, thanks, bro. Yeah, it's like he didn't they didn't have to put themselves over. Joe did it for him and it was it was really, really great. I love that. Uh Samoa Joe is so good on commentary. And there is a certain degree of legitimacy that Samoa Joe carries that that other people don't. All due respect to Austin Aries, Mick Foley, uh, Matt Stryker, Aiden English, any number of people that have done commentary uh, that have been wrestlers. But Samoa Joe, you don't see a lot of guys like Samoa Joe. These big, bad sons of bitches that step in there and they're known for kicking the living shit out of people that put over other people. That It, it says a lot. His endorsement means a little bit more than maybe those other people, even if they've accomplished more than him in wrestling just because of his character and his attitude. Yeah, and I kind of feel like he says things where, you know, obviously they make sense, but not only that, it's it's he says these things and then you're just like, oh, like I totally get what you mean and I feel like I would have thought the same thing, but he put it in a way where it was more crystal clear for like the viewers and everybody to understand. So WWE 24-7 Championship. Our truth is walking around outdoors. He's saying he got invited. Did he say The Rock invited him to light a Christmas tree? He did say The Rock. That was <laughs> hilarious. I do like that. Uh, but no, it's Akira Tozawa who ambushed him. And my note in here said they got to do something besides the roll-up. I, I get that the title is good-natured and they don't want a lot of attacks, but they got to do something different. They did throughout the remainder of these segments. They really did. Akira Tozawa becomes the first Japanese wrestler to hold this championship. Uh, he runs away from Truth, who's hiding next to a statue. And then Santa Claus 
hits Tozawa with the bag and wins the title. You know, it's funny. I feel like back in the day, I used to always look forward to like the holiday episodes. And this time it kind of hit me like a school bus. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Christmas. It's the Christmas Raw episode. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like I forgot. And then, you know, obviously the added stuff to Santa Claus. Always have Santa Claus. So, But it's funny because I kept forgetting throughout the episode. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Christmas edition of Raw. They really should have had this Santa Claus revealed to somebody else. I saw somebody speculating Christian. And I was like, that would have been hilarious. To have Christian be Santa Claus. That would have been good. Like, have somebody that we don't see all the time. Also, missed opportunity to not have R-Truth slip on micro machines and get pinned by McCulloch Culkin. Because he is a big wrestling fan. Like, how do you not do that? Come on. That's true. Maybe it was just like, you know, put together spur of the moment. But I did like that, you know, they did something different. Went outdoors, you know. Crowd got to see some fun, you know. Granted, it's I, New York, and there's always wild stuff going on, but I don't still. know if the crowd did get to see this. No, like, I mean, the people, like, in the Rockefeller mm. Center, like, the tourists yeah. and stuff. Like, hey, like, you're there having a good time, and you just see some random people fighting or something. That's pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, so, I love the low-speed chase on the horse-drawn carriages. I mean, I hate horse-drawn carriages. I think they're stupid and shitty. But this was a, a hilarious I mean, and it, these funny moments rarely come in the 24-7 gimmick anymore. Like, the laughs just aren't there like they used to be. This was yeah. good stuff. And I remember, like, last week you were saying, like, they have to do something different. They have to do something different. Oh, here it was. And uh, Truth pins a worn-down Santa for the title. The ref gets mad and leaves because he's tired of chasing people around. Tozawa and Truth call a truce. Now, a little bit, a little stat for you guys. R-Truth has won this title in New York, in a hotel room, in a parking lot, in a ring, and on the streets of New York. He owns New York, Denise. <laughs> should come Halloween edition, Statue of Liberty style. Exactly. My God. Uh, they could have also done the street performer thing, actually. You know when they have, they're painted on, they're yeah. just like frozen, and you think it's a statue? That would have been a nice, clever touch to it. Yeah. Bobby Lashley defeated Cedric Alexander. Pretty good match. This is a good matchup for both from a stylistic standpoint. Cedric was all over the place, got some good offense in. And a rare line that I like from Jerry Lawler. He was like, I think Lashley is too worried about his wedding next week to focus on this match. And I thought that made a lot of sense. But then Lana got in the ring on the mic, and I really thought this slowed down the momentum. But it accomplished what they wanted it to accomplish they wanted lana to annoy the crowd she says they need to have a greco-roman match which ain't no way cedric would do that because bobby lashley is an amazing greco-roman wrestler <laughs> but uh, this stalls through the commercial lashley takes over gets a great looking reverse sto and cedric gets a lot of offense but lashley ends up winning with the yokosuka cutter and a spear what did you think of lana's involvement in this match before we talk about the rest of it i actually thought why i mean obviously we know why she's doing it you know hey give bobby lashley a break or whatever uh you know be annoying all of that stuff but i thought to myself why then why come out and have a match i was like this is something that should have maybe been announced way before like yeah. hey let's change stay, change the match you know because you know my hot hot bobby can't you know get <laughs> get like injured or anything or look ugly on our wedding day so um i that i thought that it actually would have worked better had it been done prior 
prior to the match or maybe prior, obviously, to the bell ringing. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. This was a very good match, though. Outside of the momentum yeah. being halted, like, Cedric Alexander got a ton of offense. The the springboard clothesline, the tope con hilo, he was everywhere in this match, and he was clicking on all cylinders. You can tell he had been waiting to get back on TV for quite a while, but Lashley winning this makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Sure, why not? I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, yeah, because how long has – well, I it hasn't been that long since we've seen Cedric. One or two weeks maybe? Uh, yeah, feel. but it, it feels like he's, it's been even longer since he's been involved in that U.S. title picture, and that's when we that's saw him true. every week. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. Drew McIntyre crushed Zack Ryder, then Kurt Hawkins. I, I like the promo afterwards. We're so, finally seeing a little bit of flavor and character and humor out of Drew. Uh, I feel we've been seeing it, though. We've yeah. had little glimpses of it, though. But, like, and not, that, not he, for the 10 yeah. years before, though. Like, no, 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 not like back then. Like, I mean recent. <laughs> sure. And, and I dug it. I, I think it's good. He's saying that 2020 will be his. I mean, the thing is, he was he was there a year ago. I say this all the time. He was ready for a top-of-the-show top program. Then they were like, you know what we need to do? He needs to lose to Dolph Ziggler a few times. And that killed him. That killed him. When he faced Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, not a damn person thought he was going to win that match. And here's the thing that he was just like way hotter when he came in because I was like, okay, like look this guy. Like if you let's say you hadn't been watching him on the Indies or didn't know what he'd been up to or whatever, he comes back in and you see the difference and just his appearance and how he looks. And then you know the attitude change. I think like right off the bat, like that would have just that would have just hit it harder with the fans. Like hey, like this is this guy's impressive. Like this guy looks what you know people would think of when they think of a wrestler. You know, and so I I don't know, man. The whole package so and i've talked to the guy several times I, I know fewer people that are more truly passionate about all facets of pro wrestling the psychology uh keeping in shape the in-ring than drew mcintyre the dude is consumed with pro wrestling and being a star i mean he had he had his plan on reinvigorating his career but from by the time he got home after he had been fired he knew what he was going to do to reinvent himself and wasn't sure he'd ever go back to WWE. He had to be talked into going back to WWE. And like I said, he was there. And there are so many people. I think this decade will be remembered as the decade that WWE fumbled on so many people who were right there. And people used to call me crazy when I said that Cody Rhodes was also right there. And now look at it. I had people, like, I brought up, hey, what are some of the most underrated pops of of the decade? And I had a bunch of people saying Ryback. Do I think Ryback was an amazing in-ring performer? No, I don't. But I remember when he came out and saved Vince McMahon, and the crowd was so into it that the hard camera shook. <laughs> and then they were like, eh, no, let's team him up with Curtis Axel. All right, cool. Well, not only that, Ryback also had, you know, an interesting look, you know, and that's something that can easily appeal to a lot of people. He has an interesting look. He has the power. Hey, why not? So, I mean, I probably wouldn't have thought of him like right off the bat, off the top of my head, but seeing people say, hey, Ryback was one of those people, then I can definitely see that. But, you know, just speaking of Drew McIntyre's, uh, you know, career, we had him on Xbox 12360. He talked about his return, uh, 
you know, to the company. And it was just so interesting to see and hear his journey from how he sort of changed, you know, wrestling all these different opponents with different styles across the indies and basically all the shows and things that he would work, you know. So it's just like um, – I think he's had a very interesting career journey and I think he's one of those people that I personally like admire their journey because you know they go out there and they do come on you leave WWE like the yeah. biggest company hey you can be really afraid to go out and do something else because you know hey it's your comfort zone or hey you are making the big bucks there but to go out and to like risk something and try something and you know t- do something that maybe isn't the number one pick I think is pretty interesting. Well, if you're looking to reinvigorate something, get your penis extra hard with BlueChew.com code Fightful. Set up that camera in your bedroom. Your hard camera will be shaken too. You'll be over. You'll be ready for that main event push. When you use BlueChew.com code Fightful, it's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it is way cheaper than them, and it's better it's faster. It's a chewable, so it can get into your system a lot faster. You can take it on a full or empty stomach. Doesn't matter. It's ready when you are, and more importantly, when she or he is. Also, no awkward doctor's visits. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians, so you don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. It, it, right now around the holidays, can you imagine, can you imagine how hard it is? Not as hard as your penis will be when you take bluechew.com and use that code Fightful, but still pretty difficult. You gotta ring the doctor, you gotta deal with the receptionist, you gotta schedule it. They say, oh, what are you coming in for? Um, you know, um, <clears throat> my limp penis. Well, okay. You don't have to have a problem to use bluechew. It's more about performance but you know what if you do have a problem ain't no shame in that bluechew.com code fightful ship straight to your door in a discreet package unlike many of the christmas gifts that i ordered my wife where amazon's giving me these half ripped open packages and she's saying like socks i bought her and stuff nope bluechew comes in a very discreet package you're not gonna know and you're gonna have quite the christmas package for the lucky person in your life, use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Hit them up at Blue Chew and say, you know what? I'm having somebody unwrap my Christmas package. Thanks to you. I think Blue Chew needs to hire you to write some of their copy, man. <laughs> probably will. I like those guys. But you know what? Uh, I, I got word from the rep from... From, that I go through for Blue Chew during this YouTube mess, and they're like, no matter what, we got you. All through 2020, we're good. Oh, that's very nice of them. They could have easily been like, nah, you're out. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's really cool of them. Exactly. They didn't have to instill that confidence in, in us or me. or, But you know what? They're, they're in the business of confidence, Denise. They're in the business of giving men confidence. And I, and I, I appreciate that. Becky Lynch comes out, says that she has to face Asuka next. She wants to collect her debt. Asuka comes out, speaks in Japanese, but then she says she wants to be Asuka two belts. Thought it was simple, thought it was easy. Also, this, what they did last Monday in taping these and just having Kyrie on the ramp, good way to buy her some time to heal up over the holidays. 
Uh, Becky seems surprised that Asuka would want a title match for some reason. I don't know why. But she says she'll do it. And then she speaks a little Japanese to Asuka. I thought that was a nice touch. What did you think about this segment? I loved this segment. I loved it. I loved it. So first of all, when it came to the Kabuki Warriors, I, I've i been really enjoying them as like the bad guys. And I've said this before. I love when they come out and they talk in their own language because, you know, it's like. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Screw the crowd. We don't care because this is our message and this is what we have to say. So this has been their, you know, their mentality, you know, during all of this. So I felt that when Becky Lynch went out there and, you know, it spoke back in Japanese, it was kind of like, I've got your card. I know what game you're playing. And, you know, I, I'm one step ahead of you. Like, you didn't expect that. So I loved the whole thing. And I liked the addition of basically the Asuka two bout situation. I was like, yeah, like, why not, like, you know, throw that in for yourself as well? So I thought this was really cool. Um, I did like that Becky Lynch talked about, again, about how, you know, she doesn't care what the company wants. And, you know, she she wants Asuka and make this match happen and, you know, by all means or whatever. So I thought this was really good. And I, I just really like that Becky Lynch is just so, so, so believable with what she does. Um, and that's one of the things that I feel that, that that's the one of the things where I felt like maybe that's what I was missing from, you know, the whole thing with Seth and AOP is that the believability factor, I think, where like you really, really believe that this is your character and this is who you are. And so that's that's kind of one of the things I feel with the differences of that. But I love this whole thing. Yeah. And I, it made me way more excited about this. Yeah, I agree. I thought that they did a great job, and I, I thought it helped set the stage. Again, bottom another week. This is clearly happening at the Royal Rumble. So uh, yeah. why not? Uh, make sure you all check out our exclusive section on Fightful.com, guys. I, I do have my staff taking off tomorrow and uh, when, or yeah, tomorrow and Wednesday, but we've got plenty of content up there. Under our exclusive section alone, just over the past couple of weeks, interviews with Hangman Page, where he says he wants an AEW pay-per-view called Cowboy Shit, where wrestlers enter through his crotch. Uh, Phoenix, we've got uh, him on the record. Joey Janela, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta. We've got exclusive injury updates. I interviewed Shane Taylor. We talked to Sammy Guevara, Santana, Ortiz, Scott Norton, Britt Baker. All all over the place, guys. Uh, Jeremy spoke to Shaz and McKenzie. He talked to... Um, uh, gosh, who else? Sunny Kiss. Like we've got stuff all week long. Lots of great stuff. Columns coming as well. So make sure you guys uh, keep it locked at fightful.com. Uh, no YouTube, no problem. We still have plenty of interviews on the way, my friends. We saw a bit of a, uh, I should have used this for the blue chew. 
segue. Bit of a dick measuring contest between Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. They took turns squashing jobbers. And I thought this was kind of fun. I, I would, I like that. The one-upping each other by beating up the jobber a little bit more. This is a good way to build up to that rematch. Cause Dave Schilling and I joked on the air. They had that banger of a match at TLC. We expected it to be announced with no fanfare the next Monday on Raw, but they gave it a couple weeks to breathe. I like that. This sold it a little bit more. Murphy passed on the, the handshake and got black masked, but I like that Murphy was able to one-up uh, the guy who beat him. What did you think of all this, Denise? Same thing. So when, you know, at this point, you know, we're starting to see like, okay, we get the gist. There's going to be some matches that are, you know, like filler, like, you know, just some throwaway matches essentially. So with Alistair in his first match, I thought, oh, okay, well, this is what we're going with. But then when Buddy Murphy came out and had his match, again, I didn't read the spoiler. So FYI, but I didn't read the yeah. spoiler. So, um, so I was like, oh, okay. Like I see what they're doing now. And, you know, uh, I liked the part where, you know, Buddy Murphy was like, hey, like I beat my guy faster than you beat your guy with like that one look that he gave him so I actually thought this was like an interesting play between both guys and yeah the mind games and all of that um so this was cool and it gave them something else like another element to this you know to this feud between these two guys so um I like what they're doing right now with them yeah and I'm excited for the rematch like when these two guys got done fighting at TLC I was like damn give me more it wasn't like Viking Raiders and OC, no disrespect to them because I like all involved, where I'm like, okay, I never want to see that match again because they had a good match tonight, Viking Raiders and OC, but I never want to see them wrestle again. I don't need it. It's It, it wasn't enough for me to, to, to want that. Uh, Ricochet defeated Tony Nese. Really, my only notes are I love that Nice uses the Randy Savage hangman over the top rope. It's one of my favorite moves. I had that worked into my first match ever. I love that ma- that move so much. And Nice gets beat with the recoil. Yeah, this was really. I mean, this was just there. I mean, along with the past, like you know, matches. The good. I honestly feel like if like if Alistair and uh, Murphy weren't feuding with one another and they just had those matches, like that would not have been really anything special. But it was just kind of the same thing with this one. I think. Reminder, guys, no Super Chats available right now. I'm having some trouble monetizing this channel. Google is impossibly difficult. But next week, I will be doing a Q&A again. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Pay one price, usually about the price people pay for a Super Chat. And you can ask as many questions as you want. I do two of those shows a month at minimum. Jimmy Van does one every few months. So uh, go check that out, guys. Then we get Charlotte Flair defeating Chelsea Green. We We saw a video package that aired. Chelsea Green looks like a million bucks, Denise. She really does. I like look wise. I was like, man, she's she's got it all. Like, you know, if you're, you know, obviously they're trying to also, you know, get that female demographic, and you know, they have said that females are drawn to other females as well. And so, I mean, if I were like a young girl and I turned on the TV and I saw this, I'd be like, hey, like I want to know what this girl's doing, you know? And you know, as we know, she's super athletic. So I feel like if we got to see more of that, you know, it it's a win win with her. And this is a long time coming. I mean, quite frankly, she's been on cable for like five years. She was a part of the Daniel Bryan storyline years ago. I don't know if you remember that where she appeared and did a a thing with the Brie Bella, um, Daniel Bryan, Stephanie McMahon storyline. Then she was on, 
she was on Tough Enough, and WWE kind of passed on her, which shocked a lot of people. But then when she got to Impact Wrestling and did the Laurel Van Ness character and all that, I had heard from several people in WWE that they had some remorse over that. They were like, ah, we probably should have signed her. Well, like, character-wise, she was doing great stuff at Impact. Yeah, and she looked like the type of person that WWE would take and just put on the main roster. And instead, she went and spent a little bit of time in Lucha Underground. In fact, her last match on cable TV before tonight was against Pentagon, of all people, in Lucha Underground. They brought her into NXT. She didn't have an extended TV run. She got hurt as that was about to start. They brought her and Deanna onto NXT programming, showed them in the crowd, but then didn't do anything with them. And I thought that they would have been a great fit as a tag team on NXT. I also think they'd be a great fit as a tag team anywhere else. Uh, I, I know a lot of people took issue with my issue last week because they had Deanna Perrazzo on there and they had an NXT plate. Tonight, they had a raw nameplate for Chelsea Green. That's all you so need. So what does that mean? I'm like, what does yeah. that mean? Is she like, you know, does yeah. that make her a raw person, like officially or just yeah, without, I, I, saying, without saying anything? Yeah, I, Probably, I don't know. Right? And, and I don't have a problem if they moved her to raw because... I just Good don't. Good for her. Yeah, I, that's the thing. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you don't want fresh faces." I'm like, "Get the get the hell out of here!" Deanna wrote for us. Like, she is one of the the kindest people in the world. Of course, I want her to be on. People Raw. said that. I was oh, like, yeah. "You were so excited about this last week. You said nothing but good things about it." Oh my god, she's such a wonderful person and uh, always willing to do interviews and stuff like that. Like just. I, I have dealt with fewer people easier to deal with in wrestling than Deanna, and so hardworking as well. My issue was, hey, they could do a better job explaining this brand split. And I had a person who works alongside WDB say, oh, well, maybe it's NXT USA and the Raw connection. I was like, good, say that. Have William Regal just say, USA Network encourages us to trade talent with Raw because they want us to beat Fox and SmackDown. I would get that. The whole draft was built around USA versus Fox. So if they were saying, okay, well, that's the reason Kevin Owens was able to go from Raw to NXT TakeOver. That's the reason why Finn Balor uh, was able to land on NXT. I think he may have went from SmackDown, though. But the the Deanna stuff, the, the Chelsea stuff, it would make a lot of sense. And I thought Chelsea looked great tonight uh she had a good turnbuckle stomp and a drop kick ended up losing the match uh, to a big boot and a figure eight but nothing nothing but good about the chelsea green thing that was that was good and they improved on a couple of things that i had issues with last week denise yeah and the thing is the two that i like i personally like i feel like you know we seeing those new faces and seeing those new matchups like it brings the you know more intrigue to whatever you're seeing so like for me like i'm all like for it like but yeah i totally get your point where it's like at least explain it so that was last week's issue but it doesn't seem like that was an issue this week so that's good obviously but i i liked it like i felt like excited like okay like let me see what these two girls are gonna do and let's see what they have to offer and that for me like if you get my attention right off the bat where i'm like okay i want to see this person versus this person then hey i'm gonna you know really pay attention to what you're doing here i think the women's divisions could stand to have a little bit more character work as well like like people that stand out that's why as we're about to talk about the Liv morgan thing that has me interested another thing i've noticed and i'm not suggesting chelsea green should be that there aren't like 
women comedy acts, really. Like, kind of Nikki Cross a little bit has some elements of comedy to her here and there. But we haven't really seen, like, a Santino Morella-esque women's character over the last few years. Emma, when she was with him, but, like, we don't see a lot of that. And that's usually a, a big part of WWE programming. No, I think we need a like a girl's girl, you know, like the girl that's like, you know, we have Becky, like obviously she sure. has this attributes, but I feel like we need a somebody that could be like really relatable, you know, just somebody that is like, you know, like really like forceful and like out there and just kind of like maybe on the more of the good side. So I think that that's one of the things I would like to see more of the women's division because it's mostly like I feel like I feel like we mainly have heels right now. Like with yeah. most of the women's division and, you know, like obviously there is their baby faces and whatnot, but I feel like there's that blurred line between some people. And I think that we need like a really good uh, baby. So he's like besides, you know, Becky Lynch, because Becky Lynch has more of like, I feel like she brings a different sort of char- character to that. Uh, she's more, I don't know how to say like more like of like a, not just like tough, but like edgier. She's yeah. the man. So she's going to bring that quality. I'm saying more of somebody that's more like, like this is the like a woman, woman, you know. Does that sure. makes sense. And WWE point. has such an abundance of talent that they have. There's gonna be somebody on the roster that fills any of the that could fill any of those roles that we mentioned. And I mean, look, look at Emma. This is something I mentioned on that retro review. Look back at Tennille Dashwood doing that gimmick with the bubbles and the dancing. And I don't know if you've seen if you've met Tennille Dashwood. That ain't her. That is not her. She's a quiet, reserved person in my experience of just speaking with her and being a, being around her very limited amount. And she was able to embrace that, and, and I thought she did really good with it. So they have talent around that can do that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, and I remember when she was doing that in WWE, and people were loving it. Like, I just remember, like, people always talking about it yeah. and throwing her name out. And I was like, okay, like, this is working. Yeah, Lib Morgan vignette, she doesn't say a lot new, says she's anything but typical. A lot of people are, like, writing this off immediately as, like, oh, I know what this is going to be, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we do. I mean, this is the same company that ran Brodus Clay vignettes for, like, three months where he was this ass kicker. Then he came out as a dancing dinosaur. You don't know what they're going to do in that regard. Yeah, because in terms of what she's saying, like, it's all good. Like, hey, I wasn't my real self. This wasn't the person I was, but now I'm going to be my real person. But at the same time, we're getting, like, this, like, darker vibe from her. So I'm like, which way are we going? Like, are we go? Uh, like, which way are we going here? Like, I feel like we still don't really know because, like I said, what she's saying is different from what we're seeing. Somebody points out that Alicia Fox had a bit of a comedy gimmick, but she also didn't have a storyline, like, ever. Like, maybe once or twice she, like, threw the, the, the fits and stuff at ringside, and that was about it. Like, maybe, maybe one or two weeks long, and it just never lasts. Uh, more Street Profit segments backstage. Okay, sure. The OC defeated Randy Orton and the Viking Raiders. This is pretty solid work, but the crowd wasn't there early. They came alive a little bit later. Randy Orton did some really good selling in this match. He had his uh, knee taped up from last week. He threw, like, suplexes on one leg, which I liked. Uh, Eric did some good suplexes, too. Crowd woke up, or at least what I assume they did. I can't tell. There was some crowd sweetening, obviously. Um, the Viking experience hits but gets broken up. I like that that wasn't kicked out of Denise. Uh, 
and I love the finish. Orton hit an RKO on Anderson, but his leg gave out, and Styles wins with a phenomenal forearm. You know, I can say what I want about, I, I don't care about these matches anymore, but Orton and Styles can, they've got some good finishes. These guys can finish a match. Uh, what what did you think of all this? This this was a fun match. I think that it built and it got even better as it went. I did like the finish, honestly. I I did, and I you know I feel like when it comes to the Viking Raiders and those, so yeah, they wouldn't be my first pick to see again. But I, this didn't bother me. I actually really liked the how, what they all did here. So it was very it was very easy to watch and very easy to enjoy this match. And it, I don't it didn't you know I feel like when uh they didn't go too long and it was kind of just like the right like like. Not too short, not too long. So it was like the perfect uh, raw match, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm done with these pointless six man tags. Like, put some put some stakes behind it or something. That's true. We had Rowan crushing a jobber. The jobber offered a candy cane to Rowan, and whatever's in the crate, whatever. This was this was a messy squash match from Rowan. Like the, <laughs> this guy looked like he was about to get hurt a couple times, but this was rough. Yeah, it wasn't as impressive as last week's because I think, yeah, it was last week where I was like, ooh, I want to see Rowan throw everybody, you know? But this week it was kind of like, oh, this 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 isn't looking too good. And I did think it took a while to get the whole candy cane thing. You know, he was standing there with the candy cane for like the world's longest time. And I thought, okay, what are they going to do here? And I think I was expecting a little bit more. I thought it was going to get a little bit more creative when they brought out the candy. He's got a lot of them stuffed in his trunks there too. I don't want to know what – what are you doing with those candy canes, homeboy? Uh, Rusev defeated No Way Jose, then stole his conga line. Uh, Rusev cuts a promo. He's not upset that Lana is getting married to Lashley. He says it's the biggest punishment Bobby Lashley uh, can endure. And then he really leaned into the Rusev Day line, which they they had cooled off on the last really year or so. And I'm glad they're leaning into that because it's over. People want to chant Rusev Day. He then kicked No Way Jose, helped him up, danced, took the conga line. Any any thoughts here? I think I think Rusev is becoming a little bit more like of a trendy person. You know, he's coming out here with these cool shirts and he's got this new attitude. And I feel like we're seeing a, a change in him. And I really enjoyed Bachelor Rusev because he's out there and he's having this great time and he's laughing. And I did like the incorporation of No Way Jose with him because I was like, okay, like we've been seeing him as a focal point on Raw this whole time where he's been going through this divorce and whatnot. And, you know, it's been ugly and all of that and so I think now to sort of see him like more in like a happy light was kind of fun to see um so it was just like okay and it gave no way Jose something to do yeah. um but yeah I actually enjoyed this like well the ending like the celebration portion of it yeah uh I think the world of no way Jose uh, he, when he was in NXT if you went to a live event he, that, that guy was the ultimate show starter like if he came out everybody got on their feet People made noise. Whether you really liked him or didn't, he was very good at that. And I think the guy should have a role for as long as he wants, at least as a show starter. But you gotta have him on TV a little bit. And they did that here. I didn't have a problem with this. I, I keep mentioning that NXT Arrival retro review that we have in the can. God, Rusev has leaned out so much since then. He looks like a different human now. Yeah, you know who else I noticed was a little bit more cut, too? Alistair Black. Yeah. 
which you know he's always been, but I feel like I noticed it a little bit more this week. Usually, I just thought about that right now. Usually it goes the opposite way. People start they got to leave Florida. They're not at the performance center working out for their job every single day. They're traveling a lot more. They're on the road eating a lot more. They don't have as much time, and the physique changes a little bit. It's happened the opposite for for those guys, and especially Rusev over the last year. Good for him, man. He's he's really worked his ass off, and you can tell. United States Championship match. This was Seth Rollins' first televised U.S. title match since 2015, Denise. Every single U.S. title match that he had before this on TV was with John Cena. And this was a pretty good match. It was, it wasn't, I mean, it was a DQ. But you saw the good little spots. You saw the 619, the sunset flip bomb, the buckle bomb. But then Ray gets attacked by AOP. And my, like, I get it. They don't want Rollins to get beaten. But I'm like, if you were going to have him lose, he was just going to lose anyway. I guess I never understood that. So I actually love that. I love the incorporation of it. You know, the AOP essentially getting involved in all of that because, you know, we've been, they've been saying like the AOP, they don't follow by these rules. They're, they're these thugs. They're these bad guys. So I feel like them just going in and basically ruining this match, uh, added to their, you know, bad, guy tough guy I don't care persona we're gonna run amok here on the roster and so I really like that because I felt it added more to them than just being you know the guys behind Seth Rollins or something like it it gave it a little bit extra something and then oh I'll say more about the rest later but I like <laughs> this match too it was fine it was it was a good uh main event raw match yeah it, it was so AOP want to put Ray through the announce table but Joe says if I have to get up it's your asses and I love that I love that. This has gone a long way in rehabilitating Joe. For years, he's just been the guy that he'll, they'll 50-50 him, then they'll put him in a title program, and he won't win. That's just how it always happens. Rollins tries to play Peacemaker, then says, finish him. He stomps Ray on the stage. AOP put Joe through a table. I mean, common sense would tell you that means that Joe is cleared as a result. <laughs> that's That's what it would tell you. I loved this. This ruled. I thought this was great. I thought the fact that they didn't just go and, you know, beat him up and that they actually let him, you know, say something, you know, and, and you know, basically say, like, it's, you know, it's if I if I get up, like, you guys are done for. Yeah. And so I actually like that incorporation of that, too. And then I thought to myself, OK, are we going to like what are we going to see here? Like, this is cool. Is he actually going to get up? Like, what's going to happen? I was actually so invested in this and I was excited. And, you know, when this beatdown happened, I thought, oh. Oh, this is awesome because this works perfectly with a everything the AOP has been doing. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, Samoa Joe had just said these things about you know how the roster should be worried about these guys that they are a problem, and clearly now look at what he's going through. But then I got sad because I was like, okay, is this is this the Samoa Joe's you know goodbye from commentary? And so now we're gonna not have that. But you know, I thought in terms of the storyline for the AOP connection and the Samoa Joe connection, I thought that all worked well. Wonderfully, and I, I didn't have expectations for this raw ending at all. So I think it actually blew my expectations out of out of the water for me on this one. Yeah, I had read the spoiler, so I kind of knew this was coming, and I was like, okay, that's a good way to end raw. And they could do a lot worse than Joe Ray and Kevin Owens against AOP and Seth Rollins, but I do not want them to OC Viking Raiders. This, I don't want them to take 
three hot baby faces. I can't tell you how rare it is for WWE to have three hot baby faces in general, much less on the same brand, but three. And we ain't even including Rusev, who is also red hot right now. Viking Raiders still over pretty well right now. Randy Orton just stays over. He's going to get a reaction no matter what. But you got three hot baby faces in one angle. I do not need to see this ten times. I don't need to see it five times. I don't need to see it three times. Honestly, don't need to see it twice. Wouldn't mind seeing this one good time. One good blow-off. Three on three if you're doing that or, or however you're setting it up. Personally, the way that I've always thought was a good idea, uh, you know how it's always rumored that Vince McMahon hated the war games and all that stuff? Right. They have their own structure in the Elimination Chamber where they can do that, where you've got four pods. Okay, you got two members of the AOP in, in pods. You got Owens and Mysterio in pods. You start off with Ray or Rollins and Joe, whoever, and you've got your own version of war games that you don't have to say is war games, but you release one each time and it lends to that unique structure. I think that would be the perfect place to do it, but that's two months away. Uh, if they're even doing it, I haven't even looked at the schedule. I don't even know if they're still doing elimination chamber, mm-hmm. but, um, ah, you got three really hot baby faces. You have three heels that are over right now, Denise. That's good stuff. That is. And, it ain't often that that happens, Denise. <laughs> That's the way they do things. Yeah. No, and it's funny because, like, right away, obviously, you know, when we're seeing this, it's like the common thought that they're going to do this, you know, this match, this, this six-man, yeah. you know, either where, whenever they might do it at the Royal Rumble since that's the nearest pay-per-view. And so I, I'm actually really – if they do do it, I would be excited about it because I kind of feel like, you know – I feel like they can go really any direction with that, and I like that because I don't like to know which direction things could go in. So that's Monday Night Raw. Make sure you guys leave a thumbs up. Uh, Programming schedule for this week. Reminder, no Wednesday Night War podcast, but we do have the Listen Ya Boy Collector's Edition. It's available for all subscribers of Fightful Select right now, but it will air at the normal time of Listen Ya Boy this week. Uh, You'll see Jimmy Van get his gift as you saw on twitter if you follow him i got him some jordan retro ones i saw those i'm tired of him wearing hey you know what there's nothing wrong with wearing 20 dollars shoes but no boss of mine is gonna wear lugs around lugs what are i've never heard of lugs in my life exactly Uh, also you'll see jimmy's ljn collection which quite frankly is the biggest, most complete LJN collection ever. You get a look at uh, some, some of my DVD collection that I've had from WWE, Impact, all that good stuff. And you'll hear from Zack Ryder. But Denise, what do you got going on this week? And let the people know where they can find you. And you froze up. Oh, no. We lost Denise. Until, oh, now she's back. Denise? Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I saw a lost connection and I was about to send you a text, but I'm back. All right, um, was that my cue? My, yeah, my that cue? was your cue. Pl- plug your stuff before you lose the connection. At underscore Denise Salcedo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know the drill. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Have happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. We will see you back here on Friday. Until next time, guys, we're out. <laughs>